gathered people of God, God knows you and loves you for who you are. Thanks be to God. Amen. We gather in the presence of God. We gather in the house of God. We gather to be the people of God. God, you call out to us to love one another. Steer in us that we would make it so every moment of every day. Amen. Today's reading is from the book of the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 6, verses 16 and 17. Thus says the Lord, stand at the crossroads and look, and ask for the ancient paths, where the good way lies, and walk in it, and find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. Also, I raised up centennials for you. Give heed to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, we will not give heed. Here ends the reading. Think back for a moment. Recall the last time you made a major change in your life. Not just a little change, but a major change, a complete change, where you became somebody different. Okay. Uh, there have been so many changes in my own life that when I look back and I think about those from the perspective of today, most of those changes happened to me. Uh, my social and my cultural world changed, not me, right? <laughs> We are all very well-practiced in our culture to deny that anyone, including ourselves, actually changed us. We seem to want to insist that it has all been just so natural, so smooth. We seem to believe that we have changed others, but others have not changed us. Upon reflection, though, we sense that God knows us and loves us so much that he sends us feedback, that he lets us know how well we're doing, one way or another. We are often unaware that we are entertaining angels or refusing to entertain angels. The question is, how do we receive that love? Do we listen to Jeremiah's in our life? Do we even know who they are? Most of these actual change agents influence us are loose ties right at the edge of our world, literally at the edge. Our close others and identifications actually help us to not change. They, they help us to not be different and even pretend that our conformity is somehow or another actually a form of moral resistance. 
even in the type of coffee we buy. Right? There are articles on this, by the way, in, 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 in uh, research on consumer behavior. They help us to keep with our brand loyalties. We keep the real Jeremiah's at a distance from us, physically and psychologically. We do not even let them in when we come to our own crossroads. We do not let them tell us, here's the right path. Here's the path you're missing. We do not let them tell us, are you asking God what is the right way? We do not let them give us godly feedback. Can you imagine how people treated that weeping prophet? I mean, really, that guy that took his strange underwear and hid it under a rock and left it in a river for some period of time and then came back and dug it out and held up that rotting cloth and told us all that we were like that rotting cloth? You won't believe how many people told me about that story as I was preparing for this message. Virtually everybody I talked to remembers that story out of Jeremiah, right? How would you react if somebody was doing something like to you? <laughs> In my academic field, we study Jeremiahs. Yes, name for Jeremiah. Those long, bitter lamentations, full of invective, we call it snarky, right? Warning us about the impending consequences of our failure to self, to others, or to God. In the rhetorical moment, those messages usually irritate us. We even laugh and bully the speaker in derisive ways. Later, often years later, often after some tragedy fell on that speaker, we put up monuments of praise for the speaker. We have annual memorials where we look at one another and ask, why didn't we listen? Some classic but not more recent examples would be Reagan's A Time for Choosing speech, Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech, and even the poetry of Bob Dylan or even Lawrence Ferlinghetti. Those messages clearly retold our tale of failures and called us into action, called us into new action. Those messages were not received at the time as well as we remember, as well as we honor them today. Some of those messages came into my life through side doors. My brother left his Dylan albums and his Furling Getty books for me to have when he went off into the military. Nevertheless, those make a difference in our world. We need to look for the side doors. Where are those messages coming from? We need to look for the people at the distance. Who are your Jeremiah's today? Is it a sickly aunt? Or a sister who's recently been diagnosed? Is it someone who loves you enough to tell you that you have been wrong, even when you still do not want to admit that you have been wronged? Is it an iconoclastic professor who just rubs you the wrong way, just enough 
to make you actually want to change what you are doing. When you come to your next crossroad, which will likely be in about a minute or two, would it not be better if you and with God, if you actively take time to step back and listen and honor the feedback, honor the person, and honor the message in the moment? We do not want to look back and say, why didn't I listen? God knows you and loves you enough to send you Jeremiah's. Amen. Having been found by God, having been welcomed by the grace of God, We have been gathered as a community by the Holy Spirit of God. Go, gather the least, bring close the lost, reorder every line, bring the last to the front. In the name of God, go. Amen. The God who calls us is the God who created us. The God who formed us is the God who forgives us. We are God's beloved creation. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God.